that's cool. No, 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 please stop. Uh, okay. Do you know, I am so excited for the day when we make those declarations, realising that the power of life and death is in the tongue and the things that we speak happen. Like, wow, the things... Um, can we just pull that back up, Ethan? Is that possible? I know I've, I'm probably playing with your systems. But um, just some of those lines. So we are, what are we believing God for? Can we, next one. Heaven opened. Like, what? Heaven actually opened above us. What would that look like? Your kingdom coming. Yes, God's rule, his reign. Storehouses unlocked, miracles created. But even by just speaking it out, we are creating the environment where this can happen. Next one. Yes to the top one. <laughs> and dreams and visions. Um, yeah, so anyway, that, that's, that's some of them. But um, yeah, it's exciting. Okay, so life coaching. Um, this is not a fashion statement. It is 14 in here. 14, that's degrees. That is Celsius. It is cold in here. So apologies, you people at home. I, I have at least got the scarf that matches, but I assure you, this is not a fashion statement. Um, so we are life coaching. The whole premise behind our life coaching series is about living life to the full. We are bringing life to Ashford, and it's the life that Jesus spoke of in the book of John, in the Bible, chapter 10, verse 10. I have come that they may have life and may have it abundantly. So we've been going through a series of subjects which we would say are integral parts of living life to the full. This is not a complete list. The ones in grey are the ones we've done, so if you've only just joined us, you're going to have to find them online and catch up. Um, and today we are doing this one, number 13, outside voices. So the question to start with is this, and you are going to need your pieces of paper. If you haven't got your piece of paper at home, now is a great time to get one. You don't need it right now. Don't panic, everyone. I've done that school teacher thing where I mentioned it and then you all start doing it and I've lost you. So I'll, I'll tell you when you need it. Don't panic. You've got about six slides, I think. I don't know. A few slides. Um, I want to ask you a couple of these questions, though. If you want to use that paper to write it down, you may, but you are going to need both sides of that sheet of A4. Who is speaking into your life? Who is having an impact on you? Who are you listening to? Who are you following? Who's speaking into your life? Who's having an impact on you? Who are you listening to? Who are you following? I'm just going to read a little bit from Matthew. So Matthew was one of um, the 12 that Jesus appointed. Um, and he wrote about Jesus' life. So from Matthew chapter 4, this is talking about Jesus. As he, Jesus, was walking along by the shore of Lake Galilee, Jesus noticed two fishermen who were brothers. One was nicknamed Kepha, later called Peter, and the other was Andrew, his brother. Watching as they were casting their nets into the water, Jesus called out to them and said, Come and follow me. I'll transform you into men who catch people for God. Immediately, they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Leaving there, Jesus found three other men sitting in a boat, mending their nets. Two were brothers, Jacob and John. Jacob is sometimes known as James and John. And they were there with their father, Zebedee. 
Jesus called Jacob and John to his side and said to them, Come and follow me. And at once they left their boat and their father and began to follow Jesus. So Jesus ended up appointing, choosing, which was the wrong way round for the context at the time. He chose, I'll explain that in a minute, he chose 12 um, men to do life with. He had plenty of other women as well um, before we tackle that. Um, but for now, it was 12 men. They were Peter, James, or Jacob, John, another James, son of Alphaeus, Andrew, Bartholomew, Simon, Judas, Jude, or Thaddeus, uh, Philip, Matthew, Thomas, and Simon. Now, the reason I say it was the wrong way round is because in those days, you appointed, um, you approached a leader, you approached a rabbi to ask them if you could be their disciple. That was the way round it worked. And we're coming on to the word disciple in just a sec. But this was odd. This was the wrong way round. But so compelling was Jesus that without saying a great deal, he walks up to someone and says, come and follow me. And they just take one look at their dad, drop their nets and go. Incredible. That is how compelling Jesus is is it's not it's not a magic trick that he's performing it is how compelling he is so jesus called these men to come and do life with him they could watch him they would listen to him they would observe him in different situations they would hug him they would eat the same food breathe the same air meet the same people encounter all the same problems and what jesus wanted to do was invite them into learning how Jesus thinks. And ultimately, Jesus was inviting them to live a life where they would end up imitating him. It's really hard to imitate someone that you don't spend time with. So here's the word disciple. It's a learner. That's what a disciple is, a learner, a follower, a pupil. It's one who learns from another. Now, the word in Greek is mathetes, mathetes, 268 times it appears in the New Testament. Have a guess how many times it appears in the Old Testament. Zero, because it's a Greek word. Oh, the Old Testament wasn't written in Greek, I'm just keeping you on your toes. But, um, so 268 times this word is used meaning someone who learns, someone who follows. So who are you learning from? Or, to put it another way, who is discipling you? Who is shaping you? Who are you learning from? Who is it that's speaking into your life, that you're letting speak into your life? Who is your coach? Who is your challenger? Someone who is bold enough to gently correct you. I'm just going to go on a very slight sidetrack for about three minutes. When we're talking about a challenger, we have to remember we are being fed. When it comes to social media, we are being fed a diet that is tailor-made to our likes, which further reinforces those likes, and we become not challenged, but instead we become polarised. So actually, what's happening is, as you have your phone... 
and you are, you are scrolling down, let's say, Facebook. Let's just pull it up. Be a weird loopy thing because, oh no, it's still capped, all right, on here. So as you, as you scroll, oh, I just got rid of it. As you scroll down your feed in Facebook, see, I don't even know how to get rid of it. This is how little I do on it. But even as you scroll and you scroll through your feed like this, as you do this, there are algorithms that are noticing the things that you pause on and deliberately then feeding you the same stuff. Ah, he likes this. I'm going to make sure more of this comes up in the feed. Have any of you ever reached the bottom of your feed? No, because you, you are actually what is being sold. And that, this, is, this is a bit of an issue. The main issue, though, is the whole disagreement thing. Have you noticed on social media? So this, what happens is our response to people then who disagree, we become so used to having an environment where we are agreed with. That when we come across people who disagree, disagreement is so often treated with suspicion, at best, frankly, especially on social media. Generally, it's vitriol and abuse is what we get. Obviously, no one in this room, no one online, you never give abuse. I, I, know, you, I know you obviously wouldn't. So this vitriol for disagreeing, coupled with this very highly tailored feed of our social media means that our voice becomes, it's almost like insipid. Our voice becomes the status quo because we can't disagree because you just end up with a load of aggro and abuse. So J.K. Rowling, she is pretty outspoken about women who are born women should be afforded different rights or protected rights to those people who choose to become women. So an article written by Petra Buskins in Aero magazine defending not J.K. Rowling's position, but defending J.K. Rowling's right to be able to graciously speak of a different perspective. In her case, it was one of protecting women who've been through domestic violence. She outlines why the biological and legal category of sex is important in sports, in rape crisis shelters, in prisons, toilets, changing rooms. That article defending her right to speak against the status quo, very graciously, very kindly, was the most read article in that magazine for the whole of the year. The response... The backlash the magazine received was so strong against how dare they be seen to be defending J.K. Rowling that they then released an apology for the article celebrating the fact that J.K. Rowling was exercising free speech. In Poland, they are just bringing in some laws to ensure that free speech remains. The issue is not the free speech, the issue is the heart within which it is done. Anyway, that was all a very slight in brackets to say, we need challengers in our lives. I asked you the question, who is your challenger? You need someone who will speak into your life and you will not find it on Facebook. Someone to speak into your life and tell us not what our itching ears want to hear, but will speak truth 
based on what God says. So another question, who is your cheerleader? Who is your cheerleader? Who is the person that cheers you on, that writes there your name on a scarf and they just cheer you on? So we're going to look at some of these people in a minute. But listen, this is the point. If someone is speaking into our lives and we are listening and we're in some way responding, even if we don't realize we're responding, then we are following. We have become their disciples. So you might read something the first time and think, oh, outrageous. Have you noticed how it feels these days when you see an old clip of television and it's a chat show And then the person sat there, you know, and you're like, oh, gosh, how grating, how like, but it wasn't, once upon a time, it was not grating at all. That was the norm, that that, that was the normal thing. And what happens is, what happens is that, that things shift, they gradually move. And the first time you hear something, you are, whoa, whoa, like that. But by the time you've heard it, 25 times and nearly everyone you oh yeah yeah nearly everyone you know talks of it in those terms then suddenly your understanding of the things that you were holding on to just become washed away if we're not careful and we have a voice of the status quo so you need to get your piece of paper please i'm going to get mine just so i can show you what to do and it needs dividing into four sections Now, I was going to tell you to fold it in half and fold it in half again. And then I picture people doing this and then that. And I'm like, oh, it's amazing. So fold it in half. This is the easiest way. You can divide it by four freehand. At home, that envelope you've got, divide it into four. So you're making, like, if you like, a little Valentine's card. Josh for cat. Uh, Anyway, so you're you're making that like this, okay? So now, when you open it back out, ooh, divide it into four. And then you need to get your pen. It's still struggling. No, you're all right. Okay. So then you need to get your pen. And on these four sections, like this. um, Oh, yeah. I did your diagram. Moved it on. That's kind of him. Thank you. You need to write these four words. Coaches, champions, challengers, comforters. I will explain the words in a minute. Have you got a piece of... No, he hasn't. He's gone to find one. Brilliant. Coaches, champions, challengers, comforters. So while you're writing those words out, coaches. Now, I know coaching can mean lots of different things. I wanted them all to start with C. So some of you will say, well, that sounds more like a mentor. Yeah, but mentor doesn't start with C. Okay, so for today, it's a coach. So the coaches, those who teach you to do stuff. You don't write this down. I'm telling you what they are. This is what a coach is. Those who teach you to do stuff, they take you through a situation where you have a lack of knowledge or skill. Okay? A champion. So these are people who believe in you. And I'm going to ask you who these are in your life in a minute. These are people who believe in you. They buy a big flag, they write your name on it, and then they spend a lot of time doing this with the flag, and they just cheer you on regardless. A challenger. These are the people who are willing to have the hard conversation. My, um, we're area leaders within Vineyard, and our regional leader, boss, Chuck Freeland, um, who leads um, a whole group of churches up in Scotland, he challenged me on something recently. He did a brilliant preface to it. He said this, 
I'm going to say something to you that may put our friendship at risk. What a great line. Is that okay? And I said, come on, let me have it. This was on the phone, so he didn't see that. But anyway, that is what a challenger is. It's someone who is willing to say those tough things. And lastly, a comforter. Those who will listen, support, sit with you while you're upset, give you a cake, make you a cup of tea back in the days when you were allowed. So, here we go. Can you please take a few moments to write the people in your life that are coaches to you, champions to you, challengers to you, and comforters to you? You have a few moments. At home, too. This is just a bit of background music, just to fill in the time. In my head, it's really good, that piece of music, but I'll leave you for a couple of minutes. Very quick reminder, coaches, those who teach you to do stuff, they take you through certain situations. Champion is those who just believe in you, cheer you on. Come on! They do a lot of that with you. You're great. You're like, I'm having a mare. Yeah, but you're so great, that thing. Challenger, those who have the guts to have the hard conversation with you, and the comforter. By the way, you don't have to hand these in. These won't get marked or anything. You're absolutely fine. It is your private piece of paper. Okay. So, these people, these These people that you are putting on your sheets, including at home, these will be the voices that are shaping you, or at least some of them. These people will be helping to shape your opinions, your values, possibly even, inadvertently, maybe even, re-establishing truth, because truth still exists. Truth is not just individualistic. Well, this is truth to me. Well, that's brilliant, but two plus two is still four. Even if you believe it in your head and your heart to believe it to be six, truth still is out there. And actually, just as a quick aside, if you're missing any sections on that sheet, like, I don't think I've got anyone to put in here, then take that to God. Just see see who it might be. Now, These people are all um, what I am calling active. In other words, at some point, I am assuming that everyone you have put on that sheet, probably, you at some point breathe the same air as them. Through a mask, socially distanced, but you breathe the same air as them. You, You do have some kind of proximal relationship with them. So what I would like you to do now is, on the back of your sheet... Much easier, you don't need to do any designing or anything, is this. You'll recognize that as a Venn diagram. Two overlapping circles creating four distinct regions. Okay, and then you'll see your right active by the top left one, passive by the top right one. How are you getting on at home? Getting on all right with this? I will assume so. Okay, now. In your active, it will look a bit like this. Don't write write coaches, champions, comforters, challengers. Effectively, in the active bit on the left, you will probably end up writing a lot of the names 
of the people you have just written down on, that, on the other side of your paper. Because I'm assuming that most of those people you wrote down, you probably have some kind of relationship with. Is that true to say? Most of those people. Okay. So they are your active people. You don't need to necessarily fill that back in unless you really want to like, keep flipping the paper over and writing the names. But, but there are also a whole stack of passive voices. Now, these are people you may not even have met. You don't even necessarily know they may be people, but they are voices that are speaking into your life. So in the right-hand circle then you're going to want to write some of those passive voices. If you need a hand, I'll give you some of these that are all speaking into your life. There is, of course, a middle as well. (laughs) Of course, what should be on this right-hand side is they. They. They are the ones who say, they say it's going to be a really hot summer. We never find out who they is, but they say it's going to be a hot summer. They say this pandemic's going to go on for ages yet. We don't know who this they is, um, but that's a voice that we listen to. Okay, now I do have, I do have a bit of a middle, uh, a middle bit as well. <laughs> Three main people I could think of where I have breathed and do breathe the same air as them, but also they are a passive voice in the sense of um, um, I would read things they've written, say, and it would have an impact. So I'm sure there are others, but for me, it's mainly these three. Holy Spirit, Nicola Neal, and Jason Clark, um, who I, I read their things, but I also know them and at times breathe the same air. So they're an active voice and a passive voice to me. I'm sure Nicola and Jason would both feel highly honoured to be in the same category as the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Love you both. Thank you for all that you speak into my life. Okay. So you can carry that on at home, but you are just going to still need that sheet, so don't put the sheet down. We have many people that speak into our lives, an array of voices, but the voices you listen to are the ones that are discipling you. They are shaping you. You may not necessarily have deliberately come and knelt at their feet and say, will you disciple me, but they are shaping Some of these voices will be directly God or someone is trying to speak on behalf of God, like a prophetic voice. Some won't be. That's that's okay. That's okay. But look at your paper. There is one thing that every single voice on there has in common. I'm going to give you a moment to work out what that is. There is one thing that they all have in common. Anyone not at home, because I can't hear you, anyone in the room like to hazard a guess what is the one thing they all have in common? Yep. Some of them are, I agree. Um, I'm not always sure Facebook is, but they're all, they're all trying to help you, was, uh, was the comment. Yeah, maybe they are. Certainly a lot of them probably are. Anyone else know? Here we go. Go on. Brilliant, look at that. You are in control of every single one of those voices. Every single one can speak into your life only if you let them. You are in control of every single one of those voices. 
The only one that's a little bit tricky is advertising because it is pretty hard to go about your daily business and not see advertising. However, so I would just love you to hold that thought as you look at that piece of paper, as you look at all the voices that you have written down, all the names, all the things, all the, all the news, all the social media, all the television you're watching, it's all informing. It's all telling you things, helping to shape you. So, just to kind of slightly loop back to our core theme, if we are going to live life to the full, then we need to live out our designer, sons and daughters of the Father, and disciples of Jesus. Now, I know disciples is a bit of an odd word. You can call yourself a follower of Jesus, a learner of Jesus. It's interesting, actually, and I, I nearly pulled this up, but for time I didn't. As I searched on Bible Gateway, thank you, God, for Bible Gateway. As I searched on Bible Gateway for disciples, I just wanted to see like, how it occurred fascinating. Now, the reason I say it's fascinating is because you search the word disciples, and of course it pulls up, I don't know, 25 a, a screen, and then you can say load more, you know, and you go on to the next screen. Nearly every time it's disciples, they're active verbs about them with Jesus. So they asked Jesus, so the disciples came to Jesus and said, so the disciples couldn't cast out this demon, and they came to Jesus and said, so the disciples wondered why he was asleep in the back of the boat. What I love is they're all the disciples interacting with Jesus. And this is what we are being invited to do. Interact with Jesus. Listen to him. Learn from him. Watch him. Observe him. There's a challenge here before we um, come into land on just some takeaway points. But here's a challenge. This is a letter being written to Timothy, and Timothy was a pastor of a church. It says, proclaim the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach when it is convenient and when it's not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. For the time is coming when they will no longer listen and respond to the healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. This is obviously not people in this room or on this feed. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desires, saying just what they want to hear. They will close their ears to the truth and believe nothing but fables and myths. Obviously, this was a word that was spoken to Timothy roughly a couple of thousand years ago. Clearly, sarcastically, he notes this has not yet come to pass. This is a challenge for us as we grow, as we want to become like Jesus, as we are careful of the words and the voices that come into our hearts and minds. So, final slide is this. This is my advice to you. This is what I'm encouraging you to do. Control the outside voices. Curate them. Control them. Make sure you know what voices you're listening to. I've said before when I was learning jazz piano years and years ago, and I didn't learn it for very long, 
and my piano teacher would say, I want you to play, do you know such and such a tune? I'd say, yes, you know, I don't know, Raindrops on Roses, Whiskers on Kids, something like that. He'd say, right, just come back next week, you can play it, you know. And he'd say, um, I'd play something, and he'd say, what chord is that? I'd say, well, I don't know. It just sounded good, you know, as I'm playing like a C16 minus your birthday, add a seven in and whatever, you know. I'm playing this chord, and he'd, what's that? I'd say, I don't know. He'd say, well, don't play, he'd say, well, don't play it if you don't know what to call it. Oh, wow. And this is the same thing. You have, to, you have to know. You have to recognize the voices that are coming in. You have to be able to call them out. You have to be able to give them a name. Some of you, and I'm going to be really blunt here, some of you probably need to find some better voices coming into your life. Because if those voices aren't producing life in you, try phasing them out a bit. Find the volume control. Turn it down. Or turn it up, cat. Cat thought the piano was broken this morning. Turns out the volume was down. There, I've said it. I've said it. It's gone. It's out there in the ether. Um, okay. Second thing is, choose those voices carefully because they are shaping us. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. The words and the voices that we listen to are shaping us. The things that we look at are shaping us. The things that we let in our ears are shaping us. They are effectively discipling us. We are being molded. God intended for this to be the process. This is what's supposed to happen. But it's supposed to happen because we are following the people who effectively we want to become like. And lastly, therefore, become a disciple of Jesus. Study him. Follow him. Become fascinated with him. Here's a controversial word these, these days. Obey him. There's some good advice. If you want to live life to the full, do what Jesus tells you to. There's some good advice. Become like him. I would encourage you to look at your life and deliberately become like Jesus. Make it such an intentional process. You may even, I don't know, you may, I'm probably getting into the talk plus territory here, the little video we record afterwards that gives you a bit of extra, a few extra pointers. But how about you take a uh, part of Jesus' nature each month, like he is incredibly faithful. And you say, okay, this next month, that's my aim. What can I do? What does it look like for me to emulate Jesus? He was really faithful. I, I'm going to do the same. What does that look like in my life? So control those outside voices. Make sure we know because those voices that are coming in are shaping us. And instead, there's nothing wrong with those voices. I have people I go to, like if I have a trustees question, I think, now who can I ask about trustees? And I have certain people I go to because they're really good at that stuff. That's okay. But it's an intentional thing. And the voice I want louder than any other is the voice that can speak through here, the voice that can speak straight into my heart, the voice that can speak through prophetic voices from other people. Let's stand. I'm going to quickly pray and then Josh is coming to wrap up. I thank you, Father, that you've given us the capacity to be shaped and fashioned and moulded by outside voices, by people outside of us. I thank you, God, 
that there is life outside of each of us. Because we really do not have any kind of stranglehold on what's right or on the truth, even on the best way to live. I thank you, you set us into community. You set us in relationships of love where people can speak truth to us, kindly, graciously, compassionately. Help us, God, to maybe chop some things out of our life and just say, do you know what? I'm not really sure this is the most helpful thing. Not sure this is fashioning me in a way I want to become. And God, we pray for an increase of those voices in our lives that bring life. Thank you, God. We've got just enough time to invite you. If you've never known Jesus, you've never said yes to him, never invited him into your life. He's, He's there, he's knocking. And you say, yes, God, I want to be a disciple, Jesus. I want to follow you. Then now is a brilliant, brilliant time to do that. You can just say yes to him right now and just put a comment in the chat or something or get in touch with us. We would love to pray with you. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.